You're listening to The Horse Ownership Experience with Billy Koch and Michelle Yu. The fastest two-year-old of his crop, not this time. Giants Causeway's most brilliant two-year-old ever and a half-brother to Liam's map, sire of two grade one winners in his first crop. TDN said, too talented a horse with too good a pedigree to pass up. The time is now. Don't let this moment pass you by. Not this time, a tailor-made stallion. Not this time, full of run in the Iroquois. Look for his first two-year-olds this year. Welcome to another edition of the Horse Ownership Experience, live from Del Mar or across the street from Del Mar and in a uh, trailer behind Del Mar. Uh, this is the Horse Ownership Experience. I'm Billy Koch, founder, managing partner of Little Red Feather Racing Club. Alongside of me, as always, is Spencer. <laughs> is it Spencer? <laughs> Actually, it's Michelle Yu with her child, Spencer, who is adorable, by the way. Uh, Michelle? Uh, you haven't seen him recently. He might he might have changed since you've seen him. I don't know. I think he's pretty adorable. Oh, thank you. Um, is Michelle, across the street as close as you're allowed to get, Billy? Uh, yeah, why? That's where you want to start. All right, let's start there. Uh, I was uh, uh, a little disappointed earlier in the week. I sent a tweet out, uh, which I never do. But I was uh, I want to I want to set the record straight, Michelle, and just so get this on the Billy record. So Billy got on the Twitter. I did, and here's why. I I read an article. I had spoken to everybody at Del Mar: Joe Harper, Craig Dato, Josh Rubenstein, David Jerkins. Well, they all assured me that you know the owners were the first priority. Later that evening, I read an article in the paper in the Daily Racing Forum that said it was going to be spectatorless, no mention of owners. And on their website, it said, you know, only uh, essential people would be allowed at the racetrack. Mm -hmm. There hasn't been an official announcement. My tweet said, all I, all I said was I was disappointed and I felt insulted that owners weren't considered essential personnel. That was, mm -hmm. the, that was the genesis of my tweet. Nowhere did I say we needed to be in the racetrack. My first priority, personally, is that the horses run. That's right. the most important thing we have going right now. And what's going on in our country with the coronavirus, we need to run. If we don't run, we're all in big trouble. Right. So that is the number one priority. What happened after that is that Twitter sphere just went crazy, as it always does. And then it started <laughs> like, I don't know what went on after that. I, I've never been, I've never experienced anything like that before. It went crazy. Um, some people at Del Mar were, were upset. They felt that I threw gasoline on the fire. And I was just making a statement, and, and I stand by that statement. Um, uh, owners are essential. Now, does that, it doesn't mean they are, should be granted admission to the track during the coronavirus. I would love to be there. We would all love to be there. But number one, race the horses. Number two, get owners. Separate owners and fans. That's my point. And that's all I'm saying. Right. Right. You have a problem with that? Well, and they and they did, you know, allow now licensed owners, although no guests are allowed in the morning, which is great. I feel like there's restaurants in Del Mar are open, so like, why can't they have the restaurants on track open and like, you know, the whatever patio scene there is, you get that. It's a great question. I, I don't have the answer. People ask the question if they come in the mornings, why can't they come in the afternoons? All these questions need to be answered and i think even if you talk to the people at del mar there wasn't there is has been an overall lack of communication um and i think that's because they weren't sure what they were going to do mm -hmm. and that's part well, of every and listen i'm not going to take anything back 
but I think all of us are frustrated. I think Delmar's frustrated. I think uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I think that there's I think a the whole world sentiment. is frustrated. Right. Well, the, that's a for sure. But the the sentiment I think is is we have to remember a lot of the racetracks are on private property. Del Mar happens to be on a state owned facility and is run by the state. Sure. So the fact that they're allowing racing, I mean, is a big plus. But the a lot of people down here in Del Mar are kind of under the mindset, not like at the racetrack, just in like the village of Del Mar, that if, if the fair was canceled, racing should be canceled. So I think it has to be baby steps to get to where, you know, maybe more people would like to be. There you go. I think we've discussed it enough. I hope the people at Delmar okay. listen to this. I hope uh, the people who are on the Twitter uh, listen to this. Don't call it the Twitter. I know, but I liked it because I know it I know, bothers you. I know, but it's you. like, oh but my I... gosh, it's so annoying. <laughs> um, here's the great news, okay? You want to know the good news, Michelle? The great news? Sure. There are some unbelievable races coming up uh, all over the country. I've been watching Keeneland. I've been watching Belmont. I've been watching Woodbine. I can't wait for opening day tomorrow. Where where will you be for opening day? Oh, um, I will be in the camper. <laughs> really? Yeah, I am. I mean, I did. I am. I licensed thought you were doing some Twitter be... thing with Ray Pollock or something. I read. I am. I mean, that's uh, Beach Boss, but I will be. We'll all be doing that remotely. Okay. Um. So I will be hosting that. So they're going to be doing like a daily handicapping contest. Uh, with a celebrity handicapper and versus Ray Pollock. And then everyday fans can join in as well. And I believe they're going to have some prizes that are pretty cool, including coming on the show of the last week if you're able to like continuously beat Ray. So I am going to host like a little thing. They're going to do Delmar from home. Um, they're going to have like some Instagram lenses they want you to use. They want to post, you know, be able to push it on all of their social media platforms. And there are a couple of restaurants around Del Mar. They're going to be like official places to get, say, a Del Margarita. Right. Um, maybe someone will have the awesome. The um, awesome. So there are some things going on, but I will not be at the track because I have no one to watch my kids and well, I am were, not essential. Wait, what if you were working? Wouldn't you need someone to watch your kids? Where Where is that person? Why don't you come over here to I'm calling it Veranda North. <laughs> I like Miranda North. Um, I Michelle mean, and I, I had a wait. We had a funny moment from where I am to where she is. I brought out the binoculars the other me. day, <laughs> and I can fully see her her camper, and it was great. It was very funny. Um, um, I mean, well, right now, like in the camper area, we are not allowed to have outside people, like non residents. So I mm. wouldn't even be able to have a sitter come over there. Okay. Um, All right. at, at this current situation. Yeah. And so, let, let me get this. Let's get this out here too. Okay. The situation sucks for everybody. No one is, no one's happy right now. Um, you know, yeah, especially uh, if you're at Lone Star. Yeah. I mean, the, believe me. And, and so uh, it is what it is. It is what it is. But the beauty of it is we're going to have some great races. Uh, we have, like I said, all over the country, uh, Saturday is the return, uh, the second race on the comeback from Monomoy girl. Uh, we have a great card at Keeneland uh, over the weekend, um, and I'm sure Michelle is going to get into all those races. Uh, I wanted to uh, introduce our guest, who we're going to bring on in about 10 minutes, maybe less. Uh, we're going to talk to Devin Bradley from Bradley Thoroughbreds. She is the director of blood, Bloodstock Sales. We're going to find out what that means. I don't even think she knows, to be honest with you. Uh, Devin is it's awesome. One of those fancy, those fancy uh, terms, yeah, right? Yeah, Devin is the daughter of Pete Bradley. They had a winner the other day at Keeneland on the first day at Keeneland. They uh, are responsible for She's a Julie, who won the grade one um, a couple of weeks ago at Belmont and beat us last year, uh, beat Secret Spice in the La Troen. 
So she's a Julie dual grade one winner. We'll talk to Devin about what it is uh, she does, uh, first of all, um, uh, how it is working with her dad. And, you know, one of the things that's that's been brought up a lot, Michelle, and I'm so grateful to you, and I know so many female uh, horse racing uh, personnel, whether it's you or Christina or Brittany or so many people on TVG, uh, and Devin is making her mark in the industry as a, as a bloodstock agent. So we'll talk Very to Devin cool. and soon. She, yeah. If I'm not mistaken, she worked for Shug McGahee, right? I don't know. I think so. I think that she was, I think that she like traveled with Shug's horses oh, well, um, for gonna, a while. We're going to find that out in a cool. couple minutes. Michelle, what did we miss in the last, we didn't do a show last week. There wasn't much going on, but there was a couple big races, were a couple big races at Los Al. Uh, we saw the second uh, win for Cezanne. We saw Uncle Ricky. Eh, it wasn't really that impressive, was yeah, it? No, no, it wasn't. But you know okay. what? I'm going to tell you something. I'll, I'll give you a little anecdote. <clears throat> and I don't if know anyone if you else this. had that horse, we'd be more impressed. No, but do you remember when Arrogate won at Del Mar? I yeah. think Pejarano rode him, and he kind of just won by a couple lengths, and everyone was like, ah, and then he went and won the Traverse. Right. Like, that's what I thought of the other day, that everyone's oh, just okay. kind of pounding on this horse, Cezanne, and, oh, he wasn't impressive, and he didn't do this. It was the second race of his life. Right. Let's give him a, let's give him a chance. Let's give him a chance, because I, I know I Baffert think, really likes him. I think that when you see the $3.6 million price tag, it, you just want, you expect a little more. And yeah. I just, his first race was flawed, right? Right. And uh, what about Uncle Ricky? He looks like he's... Is that his name? Uncle, Uncle Chuck? Uncle Chuck. Uncle Ricky. Yeah. Where did I get Uncle that? Uncle Chuck was much better. Um, oh, he won the... Just super green. I mean, we're coming down the lane. He switched over to his wrong lead. Right. And I mean, there's still there's still lots of grow room there. Yeah, but when this Kentucky Derby is on September 2nd, you have a little time. Exactly. Lucky for him. Is Spencer sleeping or just breathing on you? He is asleep. Can you hear him? Yeah. Oh, so he like has really narrow nasal passages. Uh, so like he does breathe really loudly. He's like a constant, like it sounds like a mouth breather, but he's not. Um, but he's on the boob. So that's the slurping that you hear. Oh, okay. Great. That's so, you know what? This, this show is real. The horse ownership experience <laughs> is real. That's all I can say. Um, what else did we see in the last couple of days, Michelle, that we want to talk about before we call Devin? Uh, well, the Ohio Derby, which went to Dean Martini for Tom Amos. And we had had Maggie Moss on the show a couple weeks ago. Um, so we kind of had a little introduction to Tom Amos. That was a good race for him. He picked up that horse off the claim off Peter Miller in Oaklawn and goes and wins the Ohio Derby. So that was pretty cool. Derby points. Uh, then the Bashford Manor, the grade three for two-year-olds at Churchill. I actually didn't watch that race, but Casadero won. Oh, he he's really impressive. He, was he? So yeah. he's by a Derby winner in street sense. He's out of a good mare, a grade one winner named Wild Gams. Oh, he's so, a beast. That was, I think, Stone a pretty Street. cool race. That's a Stone Street horse, I believe. Steve Asmussen trains. Uh, but, uh, Midnight Bizu won the Florida Lee. Um, uh, unbelievably impressively. I mean, I felt like she could have gone backwards and won that race the way she won it. Hashtag ears up. Jeff Bloom. Congratulations yes. to Jeff Bloom. I mean, you know, here's the thing. It is so nice. Let me just let me just do go a tangent right here. To see horses like Midnight Bisu and Monomoy Girl come back. Uh, and run that's mm -hmm. that's really this sport needs that um and and it needs its stars and when you have them come back again and again it really makes a difference and it's exciting to have uh both of those fillies and uh, i'm sorry well are they mares now mares yeah no monomoy is monomoy girl five 
Yeah, she's the same age as Benet Bisu. Oh, right. It's because she right. missed her four-year-old That's year. That's right. That's right. So they're both mares. To have those both yeah. mares come back is uh, is a good thing for racing. So we appreciate all you owners out there that keep the stars in the game is, is really great. I'll add to that with Tom's Detot winning oh. the Stephen Foster. He's seven years old and really struck gold as a six-year-old last year. So great job there by Al Stahl as well as GMB Racing, his owners who have kept him around this long. Uh, it's really paid off in dividends to get to see him turn into a very impressive older horse. He is uh, quite possibly the best older horse in training right now. And I believe a deal was reached today with Windstar to stand him at stud. Oh, very cool. I so, didn't see that. Yeah, congratulations to the Benson family. Uh, and uh, yeah, he's he's a really cool horse. And he beat by my standards, who I, I'm not sure... They each had substitute riders that day. And I think mm-hmm. by my standards wasn't close enough to Tom's detente. I, okay. I don't know if he would have won, but he would have been, I think they're going to rematch in the Whitney, which will be a really, really good race coming up at Saratoga this summer. That's going to be exciting. Well, and you know, the, while Miguel Mena was subbing on Tom's detente, he's his regular work rider. So right. he does have a good familiarity with him. Um, the true North went to frenzy fire. I didn't watch that race either. Did you? Yes. Frenzy fire was super impressive back to his winning ways. Um, he will be one of the top, Sprinter splash Sprint, yeah. slash milers uh, this year at the towards the second half of the year he's back. Uh, good job by um, Kelly Breen who took over for Jason Service. And newspaper of record talk about a horse being back. I mean, Ooh. I was like, come on, chuck her out, and she killed them in the just a game. She did. She ran them right off their feet. Uh, Uni with Claire a little bit, stables. little bit of a disappointing. I think she ran. Did she end up running second or third? third. She, she ran, ran third. Up, ran third. So, uh, well, Chad Brown won another big turf race. That's a shock. Um, and in right. still regard, did we come on the show before him? He he won the grade, no. We he have won the not. grade one that day. Um, yep. For Larry Best, OXO, we uh, we actually sold him as a yearling. I mean, I'm sorry, as a two-year-old for $1.1 million through Solana Beach Sales, and Larry Best was the buyer. And congratulations to him and Chad Brown on another grade one. I thought his his stretch was unbelievable to catch Rock Emperor. I thought in still regard, look, hopelessly beaten in the Manhattan and ran the last eighth of a mile. I don't know what the time was, but it was supersonic. Can I uh, just give some props too to Sadler's Joy? I think he's like a hundred years old, and he, he just is. shows up like almost every single race. He doesn't win very often, but he I ran love thirty. Him. He looked like a winner when they turned for home. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, you know what, Michelle? Let's take a oh, break. Oh, one more, one what? more. The yeah. Run Happy Met Mile. Oh, Vacoma. how did we not talk about that? Because we didn't talk about the Suburban or anything. Oh. Goodness. Well, let's talk about those two really quick. Suburban was Tacitus finally lived up to the hype. He was dominant on sheets. He was even money, and he should have won, and he did, and he was impressive, and he's a good horse. So let's all the Twitter haters that are on Tacitus, he was dominant, and he'll, he's going to be uh, a factor the rest of the year. Okay? Let's get that straight. Okay. All right? Uh, Vacoma is a fucking beast. Pardon my language. He was awesome. Took the lead from the start never tur- and never looked back. Beat the likes of um, Code of Honor and McKenzie. Um, running second was the, he uh, the Chad good Brown. Horses. He beat really good horses. He ran them off their feet. Absolutely, Michelle. And that's the sign of a good horse. And yeah. uh, he's a total beast. They're talking about uh, the forego for him uh, at Saratoga. And uh, congratulations. I think they made a deal with Spendthrift after yes. the race as well. So congratulations to the Vacoma Connections. Do you know who is the Vacoma Connections? Uh, the Vacoma Connections were George Weaver trains him, right? Yeah. Uh, for it's R A Hill Stable and Gat Sass Stables. 
get. I've never heard of get sass stables no, for sure. Maybe we should get them on. They seem like yeah. nice people. And Vacoma's a beast. Absolute beast. Yeah, he is. I like that horse. He runs funny. They he make fun of funny. him. His legs go every which way directionally, but uh, he's, he's Don't a good you remember horse. that horse of um, Mike? Uh, was it Mike Mitchell's? The heat? Was it his? The oh, St. Trinian's? Yes. St. Trinian's. Yeah, yes, that ran like. She was, yes. Yeah. Oh, you're watching she, the race She ran now. funny. All right, yeah, we got to take a break because right we got to call Devin. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back here on the Horse Ownership Experience. Midnight Storm, Striking Sire Line, Grade One winner by Pioneer of the Nile just like champion freshman sire American Pharaoh. Striking speed, 110 by 133 and one. Seven time graded stakes winner on dirt and turf. Defeated 10 grade one winners, including champion Accelerate. Midnight Storm, a tailor-made stallion. Look for his first yearlings this year. Welcome back to the Horse Ownership Experience. Joining us today, Devin Bradley of Bradley Thoroughbreds. She is the director of Bloodstock Sales. She does not like titles. Devin, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Billy. Thanks for having me on. No problem. What? Uh, why don't you like your? Why don't you like titles? Yeah, what's What's wrong with the title? Oh, I don't think anything's wrong with the title, but I just like, um, you know, hard work and, and sort of what you've done to speak for itself, not necessarily a title that someone gave me. Well, you know, that's interesting. Why don't you just put hard work as your as your title? Just hard worker. Can do anything, I'll work girl. hard for you. <laughs> there you go. Um, uh, um, first of all, congratulations on the big win at Keeneland the other day, and more importantly, the the big grade one uh, comeback from She's a Julie. I know that Philly holds a special place in your heart, um, but before we, we're going to talk all about She's a Julie. We'll talk about Bradley Thoroughbreds. Tell us a little bit about you, how you got in the game. Obviously, your father, Pete, uh, is a very influential bloodstock agent, and he runs partnerships, but uh, w- when did it start for you? Yeah, I mean... I think that, you know, I've always been involved in some regard. Um, Growing up, you know, I was the kid that was always with Pete. I joke I walk really fast because he walks really fast. And as a five-year-old, I was always trying to catch up with him at the sale. Um, (laughs) You know, I I also joke that I played soccer growing up. So I rode for a while and Pete got lucky. My horse got lame and I didn't take the um, avenue of, you know, riding super seriously. I took the soccer route. I went to college. I um, played soccer in college. I moved to Boston. Um, I worked for an asset manager there. Um, And sort of, I guess at 22, I said, or 23, I said, um, you know, I'm spending all of my money to go to these horse races. And that's what I really love. Um, You know, exchange traded funds are you know, very interesting, wonderful, fantastic, but they're not for me. Um, and at that point, I left my job in Boston, and Pete had rented a house in Saratoga for the summer. And so Phasic Tipton was nice enough to let me help them with some of their um, ticketing and things that they do for their select sale up there. So I helped them for three days and then realized that, oh, my goodness, everyone I know is leaving and Saratoga is about to get to be a, a solo place for me. Um, and actually, actually, Max Hodge from Phasig called Robbie Medina, who Robbie was Shug McGahee's longtime assistant, and said, Robbie, do you need a hot walker? And Robbie said, I guess. Who is it? And he said, I've got this girl here. She wants to be a hot walker. So I showed up, and 
um, at, you know, five o'clock in the morning and started walking hops for Shug. Um, I tell this story for when I worked for Shug in Belmont one, I guess it was the fall. And this Philly, something was going on with her behind. She was off slightly behind. And I was the one jogging the horse for the vet, jogging the horse for Shug. And he looked at me and he said, can you see that this filly is off behind? And I said, um, no. <laughs> and I just sort of looked at him with this, you know, confused look like, no, no, I can't. And I know that's the wrong answer. And I hate to give him the wrong answer. And he said, he kind of like looked at me and walked up and grabbed the shank and Shug McGahee, who is in the hall of fame, um, jogged the horse up and down the shed row for me three times and was like, do you see it now? Do you see it now? This nice. is what we're looking for. Wow. Um, and I don't know if he does that for everybody, but I know that, you know, it, that's something that I can, you know, I don't know, take with me forever. He, he, you know, trusted me with a lot of stuff. He sent me all over the country to saddle horses. Um, you know, we have a, you know, really good relationship and he's definitely, you know, w- would be my like number one mentor. Right. Yeah, don't tell your dad that. Don't tell him that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, don't tell Pete well, me, that. Don't me, tell Shug that. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's continue on that because that's an interesting subject of, especially in this industry, it's very rare that you'll find someone that will take the time. You know, this is a this is kind of a win now society, and you better know what you're doing and all that. What else can you? What is the one thing you think you learned the most from from Shug? Oh man, that's a hard question because my mind is racing with, you know, a thousand different things. Um, Cause he taught me how to feed a horse, how to groom a horse, how to take care of a horse when you know that a horse is ready to run. I, I think that probably um, the biggest thing that he taught me is trust your instinct. That's, this is what, that is what this game is about. Um, you know, and, and give the horses the time. If you give them the time, they will do right by you. If you do right by the horse, they will do right by you. That's a great lesson. Yeah, we've heard that, that a lot. That sounds very Shug-like. It's very Shug-like. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and then you made the transition. I'm sorry, Michelle. I'm just con- controlling this no, interview. I'm sure you have questions. Okay. Um, but you, you, then, then you start working kind of full-time for your father, which, and, and I wanted to ask, the first question is, is that difficult to work with your dad or you have the kind of relationship that you could basically, and I know it's funny because you call him Pete. So what kind of relationship is that? And, and how, do you, how do you deal with the fact that he is your dad? Yeah, you know, it's great working together. I I don't think that, you know, it's like I never work a day in my life, but I work, you know, seven days a week, 24 hours a day. Um, It's great. He and I have a very, very close relationship, but we also have a very, um, a very open relationship. You know, I I can tell him that I don't like what he's doing. I can tell him that I love what he's doing. You know, I'm his his biggest fan and his biggest critic, and he would be mine in both regards. Um, so we work well together. I mean, I'm not going to tell you every day is, you know, sunshine and rainbows, but um, we, we work very, very well together. Um, and I've learned a lot from him, and I've learned a lot from him from a very young age. You know, I mean, he was my first introduction into the horse business. He is, you know, who I was looking at yearlings with when I was 10 years old, you know? So... I learned a ton from Shug, but I've also learned a ton from my dad um, and, and really respect him and honestly really respect 
um, the way that he has taught people who have gone on to be successful in this game. Such as? And I want to be one of those people. What what led you, what was the stepping stone from working for Shug to deciding you want to go work for Pete? Um, I was working for Shug. I had been approached by another trainer. Do you want to come run my string? And I was seriously considering it. Um, and I have a rule in my brain that if you work a job, you work a job for two years. It takes you a year to figure out what you're doing. It takes you six more months to figure out if you like it. It takes you, mm-hmm. you know, six more months is two years is the right thing for any job. And my dad said, uh, okay, if you're going to change jobs, um, I'm going to need to have somebody who is going to take over, um, my business. Um, because I think he was, I don't know how old he was, but. He, you know, sometimes thinks he wants to retire. He'll never retire. <laughs> um, but that was his thinking anyways. And so he said, uh, you know, kind of looked at his watch and said, uh, it's, it's time now or never. Okay. Um, and, and it was the right, it was the right time. Um, I'd worked for Shug for about three and a half years. Um, it all sort of culminated, I guess, with a trip to the Breeders' Cup with one of my favorite fillies of all time, Joe Allen, under a filly called War Flag. She actually beat Decida in the uh, Flower Bowl for a win in your in at Belmont. And the first person to come running down and jump up and down and give me a huge hug was my dad. Oh, so, that's awesome. Um, hey, real quick, I want to go back to something yeah. you said because we, we need to talk in specifics here. We want This is the horse ownership experience. You're listening to Devin Bradley. Uh, you said run, the, run my string. What exactly? Because you went from hot walking and in three and a half years you were able to run a string. Just explain to the people that are listening what that means. Yeah, so I went from basically... Uh, turning left with the horse after they were finished training in the morning when they were hot to, um, you know, I was at for show, I was a, you know, swing groom when we were, you know, needed somebody else to groom a horse. I was doing that for him. Um, I never ran a string for show necessarily. That sort of means that you, I guess, take care of all of the ins and outs of feeding, helping train, helping prepare for races. Um, and you're sort of, you know, Shug's go-to number one person to take care of sort of all of the specifics of a barn. You know, I worked with Robbie in conjunction with that in Belmont. Reeve and I sort of tag-teamed Reeve as Shug's son. Um, those responsibilities in Gulfstream, and then I would travel and take horses out of town okay. for Shug. So it was sort of, um, I guess it wasn't necessarily going to be a... It would have been a somewhat lateral move, but it sort of would have been that I would have been the trainer's number one assistant taking care of all of the day-to-day activities of a barn. Did I explain that? I think that was perfect. Michelle, how did you feel about that? Oh, great. And and then coming to work for Pete when, you know, he said you have to come work for me, did you right away know what aspect of his business he wanted you to be a part of? Or was that kind of like a learning experience for you guys? Um, I think that he had some idea that, I mean, so I said, you know, that my title is director of bloodstock sales. You know, I basically scout horses for him. I look for horses in training that, you know, I think are worthwhile to put into our partnerships. Um, I work all the yearling and two-year-old sales. 
um, you know, and I'm always sort of hunting for new people to get involved in thoroughbred ownership. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that when I first started working with my dad, I thought, I think that we both thought that I was, you know, going to help in the sales realm, looking for horses of racing age that were in training to purchase. Um, since then, I think that my responsibilities and my, um, I guess, portions of my job description have definitely expanded. Um, but I think that that's expected with, you know, any job, right? As you perform, as you, um, find clientele, you know, buy legitimate resources, you get, you know, additional opportunities. And I think that, you know, I anticipate my, you know, my job description, if we did the same conversation a year from now, you know, would look slightly different. It's definitely, it, um, it, it makes, you know, makes perfect sense. It, it makes perfect sense. And the, the way you've gone up, uh, in, in grown up in the industry, literally, uh, and the way that you've advanced, um, it, it's a, it's a tribute to you, Devin, for your smarts and for your knowledge about the horses and obviously the way you get along with people too, because you do need people skills, even if you are dealing with horses all the time. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. Let's talk about She's a Julie, because I know she's special. Can you kind of give us the story? Um, uh, we, we already introduced uh, all about her before uh, you came on. We know she's a dual grade one winner. The race the other day was incredible. Um, but there's there's a there's a there's kind of a neat story behind it. Can you give us the uh, the scoop? Yeah, I mean, there's so much to say about Julie. Um, <laughs> we bought her. She's the first horse that Pete and I worked on purchasing together. Um, she was brought to him um, by a friend who said this horse is available to buy part of her. Um, I helped at that point. I was helping more with like the research and getting the sheets and looking at the numbers and comparing her to the other. Um, you know, three-year-olds in the mid Phillies in the midsummer. Could she compete at Saratoga? Could she compete on the major circuit? She'd won, um, I believe she'd won the Iowa. Oh no, she won the Iowa Oaks when we first got her, but she'd won a grade three. Um, and so it was the first race that Pete and I really worked on together, which is pretty cool. Um, and she's just, I mean, she's incredible. Um, I don't know what else to say about her. Well, you can you can say how you beat Secret Spice last year and broke my heart. <laughs> you can talk about that in the La That was one time. That was one time. And She's like, that was my favorite yeah, race was, of all time. It was. <laughs> Those were two game fillies fighting it out, you know? I mean, that's the one thing about Julie. If you look at her in the paddock before the race, Steve loves her. Steve asked me a fan. I mean, he's just been fantastic with her. She's named after his wife. I mean... We joke that we own the horse, but, you know, he's, she's actually Steve's horse. Um, <laughs> well, that's kind of where I was going. He, he, yeah, I mean, yeah. So he's, you know, so it, Julie is named after Julie, Steve's wife, um, as in she's a fighter. I, you know, and, and Carol Castile, the original owner um, of She's a Julie, is, you know, he and, he and his wife. Um, you know, named her after Steve's wife. And so we just have been so fortunate to be along for the ride, you know? Yes, no, and and it's, it's amazing. It's, Michelle and I, we talk all the time about having the reason you're in this business is to have those types of special horses that mean so much that and they give it their all. And people, 
it, you know, we call the show the horse ownership experience because it is an experience and, and you've been fortunate to be around a lot of these amazing animals that we just, you can't help but fall in love with. Yeah, no, I mean, you have a relationship with them. I mean, I remember one day at the spa sold, you know, I, I was crying <laughs> and, and she sold for, you know, millions of dollars and I was crying like it was such a sad day. It wasn't a sad day. You know, she was with Barbara Benke and a beautiful, you know, farm. She's been bred to, you know, immaculately. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, you get attached to them. I mean, Julie is such an incredible horse, right? She just wants to be your best friend. You go see her in the stall. She wants to give you a hug. Um, you know, before the race, you'll see her. Steve will be loving on her in the stall. She'll have her ears pricked forward. Like she's as happy as could be. You put her in the gate and she breaks and those ears never come forward. She's got to <laughs> back because she doesn't care who's going to come up next to her. She's going to beat them. I mean, she's got a ton of talent. She's got a ton of talent. It's but funny. Her heart oh, go is ahead. 10 times as much as her talent, you know? Yeah. It's funny that you said that because, and Michelle knows this, like I think a lot of the owners have been getting grief from people because we are currently during this pandemic, uh, we're not allowed on the backstretch and we haven't been since, you know, the early days of Santa Anita. Um, so it's been a long time and, and I hear people chirping that aren't owners or around horses a lot that say, well, why do you need to go back there? You just want to feed them carrots. And it, yeah, pretty it, much. It's so much more, <laughs> but it, it, it is, and it's so it's more than that. There is like I think you put it beautifully that there is a relationship that you build with these horses, and you go on them, and you rub on them, and you and and they they bring joy, and especially in a time yeah. I'm going to get on my soapbox, which Michelle doesn't like very often, but in a time like this in our society where we need those little bursts of joy right now more than anything. Um, so oh I, yeah, and any time that we get, I mean. Look, we're, you know, very close with all the guys that train for us and, you know, all the assistants that, that work for those trainers. And anytime we get a photo or a video, I mean, they know that it means a lot to us. So we are fortunate that we seem to get some of that stuff. But, you know, even still, it's not quite the same. And I will say it's something that, you know, changing from my job as an assistant for Shug to working with my dad, that's been a challenge because, you know, I've. I don't have that relationship that every day at 1030, I feed 50 horses and they are all so excited to see me. <laughs> of course they are. Of course they are. You know, you could try that with your dad, right? If you want to feed your dad. I, sure. I do that with my husband and my kids. I'm like, I'm going to feed you a little bit so I they're excited lunch. to see. Yeah. yeah Devin, what really do we... I get him lunch, but it's not quite the same. <laughs> what do we have to look forward to from uh, Bradley Thoroughbreds uh, coming up here in, in the next few weeks, either at Keeneland or at uh, Saratoga? What are you looking forward to? You know, Aaron West, who works with us, he's our racing operations manager. He sort of takes care of all of the um, all of the owners and, you know, making sure everybody gets licensed and making sure silks are in the right place and all that stuff. He told me not to tell you guys about this specifically. Um, Whoa. Breaking news. On, yeah, that's what he said. That's what he said. He said, don't, 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 don't get on there and say this. So I'll just go ahead and say it. But, um Saturday, we have a filly called La Signare. Um, she's running in the Jenny Wiley oh, yeah. um, at Keeneland. She barely got beat she last night. She is 30 to 1. 30 to 1. Didn't she just she's barely get beat one. last time? She just ran second in the Mint Julep, sort of had a bit of a troubled trip. Juliet Foxtrot backed up on her secret message, took the Overland route outside, and you know beat us by uh, half a head. Um, she's 
training fantastic. She's doing fantastic. She's a silly filly. Brendan Walsh has her, you know, we're excited. So okay. that's what I guess we're most looking uh, hey, forward to. Hey, we like 30 to 1 shots on, on this show. Yes, we do. I mean, I'll we, take that all day long. Yeah, we'll take 30 to 1. We'll take <laughs> yeah. it right to the bank. Don't worry. We'll knock her down to about 29 to 1 with the people who gamble listen to this show. <laughs> uh, Devin, there you go. Devin, there you go. thank you for your time. Uh, we appreciate it and continued success. Um, before we leave, we always ask our guests if there's one thing that you would have some advice for a new owner getting into the game, and then I'll let you pitch uh, Bradley Thurston thoroughbreds because um, I know you do partnerships but what would that advice be what's that one piece of advice I think that the piece of advice would be do it um, you know I know that there are a lot of people that contemplate ownership and oh I don't know there are ways to own horses find a, a group a team that really has their co-owners involved because that's what you want out of the ownership experience you know I mean like you guys, Billy, you have so many people who have so much fun together. You know, find people that you like, find people that you trust, and, and do it because it is totally worth it to own a racehorse. I think that's great advice. I like where, that Where advice. do people find out more information about, about you guys? Because you are a public uh, partnership. You're just not – I don't think you're, you necessarily broadcast as much, but you do look for people all the time, right? Yeah, so all of, you know, all of the horses that run under the Bradley Thoroughbreds banner, for the most part, um, are, you know, quote-unquote partnership horses. We call them, you know, we call our, our partners co-owners because, you know, they own the horse with us. We help manage it. Um, if, they, if you go to www.bradleythoroughbreds.com, um, we're on Twitter, Bradley Thoroughbreds as well. Um, you know, you can find out more about our racing partnerships. Our sort of deal is that, you know, we try to keep our partnerships a little bit smaller. We try to limit them to, you know, 10, 15 partners per horse um, because we want the trainer to be able to know everybody's name. We want you to be able to meet the jockey. We want you to know the groom's name and the exercise rider's name. And, you know, we want you to be able to go in the morning and watch them train because for us, that is some of you know, the best part of this business and this industry is to see all the different um, aspects of it. Um, you know, and shoot, winning in the afternoon, can we ask for anything more than that? No, we can't. And uh, Devin, you I know. Love that. I love lucky. the philosophy that you guys have, though, where you want, like, everyone to feel like a full-on owner. I love that aspect of it. Yes. Well, if you're going to put your money into something like this, we feel like you should get, you know, every bit of it you know and 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 to us it's that's the that's the game changer and i think that that is why pete and fortunately i get to participate in it you know we have some some people who've been with us for for 20 years that's amazing that's that says a lot it says a lot about you it says a lot about your dad please give your dad my absolute best uh best of luck this weekend with uh la senior senior am i saying that right La Signer. La Signer. Everyone says it a little different. She's French, you know. Okay. Well, she's well, well. She's French. I mean, that's all you had to say. Um, but French. we like we like a lot of French horses. They're very good. Uh, uh, Devin Bradley, continued success. Thank you for taking the time. Really appreciate it. Enjoy the summer and stay safe. And uh, I don't know. I can't thank you enough for coming on. Thanks, Billy. I'll see thank you. Thank you, guys you. Soon. Thank our- you, Michelle. It's so nice to talk to you as well. You right. too. Devin Bradley here on okay. the Horse Ownership Experience. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come right back and uh, finish up. We'll see. Michelle will probably give us some great races and uh, to preview this weekend. And uh, we'll be right back.
Midnight Storm, Striking Sire Line, Grade 1 winner by Pioneer of the Nile, just like champion freshman sire American Pharaoh, Striking Speed, 110 by 133 and 1, seven-time graded stakes winner on dirt and turf, defeated 10 grade 1 winners including champion Accelerate, Midnight Storm, a tailor-made stallion. Look for his first yearlings this year. Okay. And we're back on the horse ownership experience. Michelle, what 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 happened in the interview? <laughs> well, first of all, the, I want to correct the Twitter. It's Brad, at Bradley TV's. Okay. Um, but Spencer was napping and he woke up from his nap and gave me a big stretch and then peed all over me and he had no diaper on because I'd just gotten him out of the pool. So I'm like trying to like clean up pee off oh, of me amazing. and my mom's office chair and everything while, oh, uh, <laughs> while we were listening. Oh, Spencer. Well, um, <sighs> isn't Devin good? She was amazing. I mean, I feel like we talked to her forever because like she just had such good really stories. good like stuff to say. Yeah. And smart. You can hear when people are smart, and Devin, as I said, she's she's smart. And and you know, I'll, it's funny when we win a race. You know, there's a bunch of people that you'll get a text from. Like Devin always texts me, like "Great job, oh, nice win." She? Like she's one of those type that, like, out of the blue, she'll just be like, "That was awesome." And it's it's, oh, it's that's great. yeah, it's really cool. So uh, I'm a fan of theirs. I think Pete Bradley is one of the best bloodstock agents around. He does a great job, and uh, always kind of rooting for them. And she gave us 31 shots, so that's good. Um, God, that's the best. That was the best part. <laughs> it might have been. Michelle, what's coming up uh, this weekend here at Del Mar and around the country? We talked about a couple of the, the big horses coming up, but Del Mar has some great racing, too. Yeah, well, Del Mar, it's going to be opening day tomorrow. Woo! Is that right? That's right, tomorrow. right? It's tomorrow. Oh, my goodness. So uh, tomorrow's I feel bad, opening Michelle. day. We didn't have Joe Harper on this year. This is like the first time in like five years because we can't get over there. Should have had him call on. I but yeah, I don't, do you think he would call in? I don't know. I feel like part of Joe Harper is just being in the presence it of really Joe Harper. Is. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no no Joe Harper this year. I think Delmar, everyone is just kind of against you right now. <laughs> no, come on. I came clean. What are you talking about? We're all good. Uh, oh, good. I'm glad to hear that then. I'm glad I think that we're good. good. We're, everyone's adults. We're all in a bad place right now. So we're going to come out of it tomorrow, <laughs> though, opening day Delmar. I mean, this is the day. Uh, so – yeah, so opening day, um, the, tra the, the traditional feature is the ocean side. So that's going to be a really good race. The run happy ocean side, what are you excuse there? me. You know, I thought it was a really tough race. I mean, you have to like hit the road because he looked really good beating older horses and that allowance 62 that he won last time out. And he wasn't even like fully ready to go, right? He's I looked agree. super training. I think he's so be I tough. love him. I think he's going to be but very tough. But I, I mean, if you, I think there's going to be other horses that you can use underneath that make it that make a case for big prices. Okay. I like um, Candarel for Mandela, who just won the Alcatraz. Yep. And he's twelve to one morning line, and he oh. just won a stakes race going a mile on the grass. I know that's a great that's a great price play. I agree. I agree. And I right? think I think I and like the, the horse the, that ran second to him, a Journey to Freedom. I mean, he only beat him a nose, so I feel like if you like Candarel, you kind of have to look at a Journey to Freedom. I agree. And I like Craig Lewis's Margot's boy on the outside, eight to one on the morning line. Look at um, you giving out, out the prices. Third, I think in the Snow Chief. Well, I that, like that makes it easy, right? I mean, I don't know how. I don't know if these horses are going to go off at these prices or no. not. Well, I haven't might. paid attention to I, what Johnny does. Feeling, but... I have a feeling Hit the Road will be a heavy favorite. Yeah, I agree, and I think that if even if he is, and you want to key him on top, if you get you know those kind of prices underneath, you're going to cash. 
Right. And then it's funny. We Then you have the Wicker on Saturday, and you have Kiwi's Dream coming in from up north, and he's the three-to-one uh, morning line favorite in there, I believe. Yes, he is. And you got a couple of old timers in there. You got Bolo. You got Big Score. You got, you know, it's kind of a cool race. So I like Big Score in that race. Uh, he's seven. Now you mentioned old timer. I he's six. I like Big Score. Oh, he's big. six. Sorry. He, I like Big Score in there. Um, you know, I think that that race on talent came up a little bit light. Yeah, but it's kind of really? cool because look, and I'm looking at it right now. You have Voodoo Song, who's six. You have Bolo, who's eight. You have Souter, who's six. You got Mirhad Khan, who's seven. You got Big Score, who's six. It's kind of a cool. It's kind of like mm-hmm. an old timer yeah. race. Yeah, right. Very cool. So I and think then, uh, my price play in there is going to definitely be Souter for okay. Mark Glatt. All right. Um, and then you got the return. Obviously, you got uh, Monomoy Girl at Belmont this weekend. Uh, you have uh, Chad Brown uh, all over the turf course at Keeneland with um, crazy Keeneland summer, right? It's yes. Keeneland, Keeneland freaking summer. summer. Yeah. Um, what's the horse I like that just won the grade one at um, at Santa Anita that goes for Chad Brown? I'm oh, Raging Bull. Raging Bull. Raging Bull. He's a he's a beast. What a beast <laughs> he is. I'd like to have a horse like that. Uh, you got Dunbar Road, I think, is coming up in the Delaware Handicap. I don't know where that when that That's is running. That's gonna be a good race. That's gonna be a great race. Um, you got uh, so many good horses running this weekend. It's really, it's really. Listen, if the if the coronavirus did anything, it gave everybody a break, so everyone's fresh, right? All the good horses are running, and it, it's really, you know, turn on your your TVG or your Fox Sports or w- whatever you got to watch the races, RTN, and, and enjoy an incredible weekend of racing. Uh, Michelle. Oh, and yeah. also, I want to add too one more thing. She's Louise. Uh, Swiss skydiver. I was just going to say that. Peak didn't know if he should run her in the mm. Ashland or in the bluegrass. And uh, he decided I'm going to run her in the bluegrass and see if we can't get some derby points along the way. Cause she's already decimated every Philly around. That's an interesting call. It'll be interesting to see. And she's the favorite in there. And I actually think that the, um, the other race, the Philly race is, is very tough. You got, you know, you have a uh, Venetian Harbor speech, uh, uh, and others in that race, whereas the bluegrass, you got kind of the, it seems like a little bit of the second tier males. So interesting mm-hmm. there. And you have Mia Mischief in the Madison against the uh, Guarana and Bell's the one. So, I mean, that's going to be a good race. Unbelievable Mia weekend. looking for her first grade one at Keeneland. Unbelievable weekend of racing. Michelle, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks to all of our sponsors, Santa Anita and Delmar, and especially Taylor Made Stallions. Really appreciate it. Um, let's just hope for a great summer. Let's make sure we're racing. That is the number one thing. Michelle, you keep safe in that little trailer of yours. And special thanks <laughs> to Devin Bradley and Bradley Thoroughbreds for coming on. If you want to tweet the show, it's at Own a Horse. I'm at BKLRF. Michelle is at the Michelle U. My email is Billy at LittleRedFeather.com. If you ever have a question about horse ownership or you thinking about getting involved, please reach out anytime and let us know. Michelle, And next week we will review all these races. We'll have a fantastic guest to come on, and I'm looking forward to it already. Yay! All right, kiddo. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Bye. You're listening to The Horse Ownership Experience with Billy Koch and Michelle Yu. Daddy Longlegs, Scat Daddy's only proven son at stud in North America. Crowned champion freshman sire in Chile, Daddy Longlegs has already sired three graded stakes winners from his first two crops of runners, including a champion two-year-old colt. 
a talented runner himself who won multiple graded stakes on multiple surfaces. He's passing that versatility onto his progeny with stakes winners on dirt and turf. Daddy Longlegs, a tailor-made stallion. Call today to book.